Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Sip With Me. I'm your host, Ioana Kikados. And I'm your host, Aaron Carlson. We'll release an episode for you every Monday morning, which means you can listen to us during your commute, after work workout, or even enjoy a drink with us during your very own Monday night happy hour. And who doesn't like to have a little fun on a Monday night? Don't forget to subscribe, review, and share our show. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at sipwithme underscore for the latest episode updates, news, and all of your favorite cocktail creations. For this week's cocktail, we are so excited to have a special guest on, Nathan Villa, who is my fiance and one of America's science teachers. Nathan, take it away. This week's cocktail is the Cosmonaut. A futuristic cocktail, the Cosmonaut is a refined and elegant blend of Grey Goose Lafoire, ginger liqueur, fresh lime and cardamom bitters built over planetary circular ice cubes. The drink is made in a spherical rocks glass. Assemble one spherical ice cube, one and a half ounces of Grey Goose Lafoire, one ounce of lime juice, three quarter ounces of ginger liqueur, and one dash of cardamom bitters. Garnish with your favorite cosmic dust and enjoy. So grab your cosmonaut and let's set off into space with one of the world's leading space explorers. Welcome back to the episode. Gather round the launch pad, space cadets, because Iowana and I are treating you to another story from our podcast sub, sub, sub category, our favorite space. Earlier this year, Katia Echazoreta was the first Mexican-born woman to travel into outer space, and she has become known for this since her successful launch, but there is a lot more to her than just that, and a long history of some pretty incredible work as an electrical engineer and media figure, including work at our fave, NASA. Named one of Glamour's Women of the Year, gracing the cover beautifully of Vogue Mexico with her fabulous fashion, she can engineer both a NASA mission and a rocketing outfit. She also plays a part in Netflix's IRL series on YouTube, which is very bingeable. And among that, there are so many other things that she can talk about herself. Katya, welcome to Sit With Me. Thank you. Hello. We are very, very excited. As we mentioned, we are big space fans. Um, And so when you agreed to come on, um, I feel like we have escalated up the chain. First, we had Jonathan McDowell on who looks into space, telescopes, analyzes, things like that. Then we had Jessica Hart from the Webb Telescope. So she sent something into space. Now you are here and you actually physically went to space. (laughs) We're very honored to have you. Um, You have a really amazing story too, um, which I think is resonating with a lot of people as you get more exposure and people find out really who you are and kind of what your journey has been like. Um, You described your journey as not a straight shot. Um, So just take our listeners and your fans back, maybe to your childhood and your path in college, kind of what that looked like and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. So for me, I have always been obsessed with space. People like to ask me, what was that one moment? Because I mean, so many people have that one moment where they realize, but for me, and I've asked my mom this, she says that I've just always gravitated towards it. Like as soon as I had consciousness, I was just, (laughs) you know, looking for like little moon toys and like little stars. And it was just what I really loved. 
Um, but it's kind of interesting too, because when you think about it that way, you think, oh, so then it was a pretty natural process, right? You just mm-hmm. grow up and your love grows with you and the things that you learn and the things that you do. But for me, it was a little bit different because I come from a pretty traditional culture and yeah. traditional is not always a good thing. So my my culture, a Hispanic culture is still very much connected to that idea of gender roles and what women are supposed to be now the reason why it's been so hard to change this even in 2022 is because when you are part of a group that has benefited from free labor for for so long why would you want to change that right Mm -hmm. and so it's been uh it's been a struggle as a woman as a young mexican girl who wants to be in science who wants to go to space and particularly when it comes from people of your same culture you kind of just see it in their face see it in their eyes when you're little it's one thing because it's like oh cute you know like she's she's so adorable saying she wants to go to space but then when you grow up is when they're no longer so nice about it it's now it just becomes like okay now you're just being ridiculous yeah you're causing them a problem in their eyes Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I remember times where my grandma would come over and, you know, I would have like my first boyfriend over at the house and I would be doing my homework and like getting my plate to just eat really quick while I'm doing my my math homework. And she would just be so upset because I did not serve him his food. And I would just be like, well, he has hands. He can go get his own food. (laughs) Like he's not doing anything. I'm doing my homework. (sighs) But it's just those ideas that are still following you as you're trying to do something like this. So it's not just how hard it is to make it. It's how hard it is to have to fight against all of those different ideas and gender roles that really an entire society and culture is trying to put you into. Mm -hmm. And how did you eventually end up like pursuing the path of electrical engineering specifically? And how did you end up um, working for NASA? So for me, I, I've always been attracted to things that I don't understand. <laughs> like if I am so confused about it, I love it. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember uh, particularly because school was never really that difficult for me, right? Like as a, as a younger uh, kid, um, like preschool, I took it very seriously. I oh. would home and I would be so angry when like a little boy had beat me or like another person had beat me in preschool and I would just be working so hard. Like I have to beat them tomorrow. Um, kindergarten was the same. Uh, my mom was actually offered to bump me up a grade because of my reading level. I was already reading before I started kindergarten. And so they could tell that I was bored. But it was just, it's just been so interesting because people also, I don't know, it's been like my entire life of why are you like this? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I just really love to learn. And so when I finally come across something that I don't understand and it's not like, oh, let me just read this real quick. Like, okay, I get it. That is what I really like because it keeps me there. It doesn't bore me. It's a challenge. And there were two things that were like that for me. One of them was electricity. I did not understand how we were able to just like harness this in order to create (laughs) all of the different things we have. I mean, you know, when you start to think about it, 
And I would think about it even further. For example, say you go out to a national park and you see nothing but trees and dirt and grass and lakes. That is what we had mm-hmm. for any of this. That's yes, what I we think about used. that all the time. Yeah. yeah, that's what we used to create this. Like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I was just so fascinated by it. And, and then the second thing was outer space. So as I started growing up and I started looking more into some of these careers, I realized that a lot of people have this idea that in order to work in the space industry, you have to be an aerospace engineer, an astronomer, something of that sort. But really, you can be like pretty much anything because it's an entire industry. You could be an accountant. You can be a space lawyer. You can be an artist. You know, you can be a a business administrator. You can Mm -hmm. be so many different things. And so I decided, okay, well, I like electricity. I like space. So let me become an electrical engineer for the space industry. So I decided that in high school. But even when I made that choice, it was kind of difficult because the year was 2013. I graduated high school 2013. And if we remember, 2012 is when the space shuttles were decommissioned. Yeah. Yeah. And NASA is now pretty much doing, you know, no (laughs) exploration from the U.S. soil. Yes, And I'm over here like, yeah, I'm going to go work at NASA. (laughs) So even then it sounded kind of silly, but I, the way that I was able to do that, I sort of, it it made it easier for me because that was my goal before anyone else even thought Mm. the industry would become what it is today. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So fast forward to now, and obviously um, being a part of Space for Humanity, um, I'd love for you to kind of talk about the process. Um, How did you earn that opportunity and what did that process look like? So Space for Humanity for me, and by the way, applications are due tomorrow. I don't think we'll have time. But but if you guys could just share with anyone that you know, they're due tomorrow. We will. (laughs) Um, So the first application that they, they put out it was back in 2019. And so it was my first year as an official full-time NASA engineer. I had already spent a few years with them as an intern, but this was my first year as an engineer. And I remember that somebody had sent in a group chat that we had, it was like a space nerds group chat. Uh (laughs) Somebody, because we have those. Uh (laughs) Somebody sent the link and they said, oh, this is kind of cool. Not really sure what it is but if anyone wants to apply you know feel free to look into it and it was due that very day so I remember that I sort of read it and I read a little bit about what they wanted to do with um, you know just bringing people to space to have this overview effect experience which completely changes your perspective on on just the way that you live your life and the way that you advocate for society And they wanted to send these individuals and kind of just plant them like seeds all over the world to see what kind of social change, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now can be observed that directly relates to this experience you had out in space. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that idea was just so cool. It's such an amazing concept, right, of creating Mm -hmm. world leaders by sending them to space to have a psychological yes. positive yeah. shift, shift uh-huh. in perspective. Like, and to actually so- execute it and do it. Yeah. And so, but again, if we remember 2019, this is before SpaceX missions. This is yeah. before Blue Origin It's missions. all happened very, very, very fast. It, yeah, and very recently. So none of that had happened yet. And so I have this application in front of me 
and they're saying they want to send people to space, but not even NASA astronauts have gone to space from U.S. soil yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just like, ah, like, all right, we'll just see, <laughs> you know, we'll see what, what happens. I don't know why, but I, because there's been a few other applications that have come out like that in the recent years. And, yeah. you know, they sort of just evaporate and, and nothing happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for some, and I haven't applied to any of those, but for some reason, this one, I just sort of felt like, I don't know, like I had to. And so I did. And three years go by. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that long. Actually, that makes sense. Because I watched the Zoom where they told you. And I guess that would have been, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean, in those three years, I'm watching the industry develop. And I'm watching the industry become what it is now and seeing um you know people that i personally know go to space like dr Sayab proctor with the inspiration mm-hmm. for mission i had actually met her pro- previous to that and so it started to become very strange to see this industry grow but also start to see people i actually know go yeah. so when that was notified it was earlier this year it was in um i believe it was end of april but for me three years wow. of and it wasn't just like apply one day and then you get notified. It was yeah. you apply and then one year later you apply. Um, it's kind of like a sub application. Anyone who had made it past the first round was asked for more information and, and was asked to sort of redo the application. But now one year later, like where is your life now? What have you done? What can you prove that you have done huh. that you said you wanted to do one year ago? Right. Um, and then again, one year, another year goes by and it's the same thing. Give us more information. Where's your life now? So they were really checking in on you during that time to make sure that you would still be the type of person that they would want to work with until finally, uh, April of 2022, I get an email out of nowhere, like completely the out best of emails. <laughs> yeah. And they said that they wanted to offer me an interview. And I have never been so scared and nervous in my entire <laughs> life. Like I broke out in the worst. I had hives all oh over my, my neck. God. I can I get so head. nervous for some of these. Like I'm nervous to talk to you. I can't imagine like interviewing <laughs> mm-hmm. to really truly go to space. Like I would and, and being told that you're one of five. Like this is a wow. one of five possibility interview. So it is the scariest. Like I I took a video. Um just you know, because I was like, well, what if I get it? And it'd be cool to have these videos of me freaking out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I have a video right before I go into my interview and it's my hand and it's like. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So that was, I didn't know that this all happened. So, I mean, yeah. it took three years, but then, because did you go up in, was it June? June, right. Yeah. So I interviewed. Oh my God. So what happened yeah. is that they were offered a seat very last minute. Oh, um, I don't know what happened yeah, um, yeah. because those missions are booked like years in advance. Yeah. Yeah. And so for whatever reason, a seat opened up and they offered it to them. Mm-hmm. And so it was a scramble of, oh, my God, we have 7000 applications from all over the world. Uh, let's try to like uh-huh. very quickly Figure select somebody yeah. so that they can train. <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah. meant to be. Huh. What is since you kind of touched on the training, I'm interested to know, like, what did the training look like, especially since you had such a short amount of time to get prepared <laughs> to go to space? Well, yeah. So the really cool thing here is, and it's really something that I like to tell everybody, um, even though I was selected in April and then the mission was supposed to be in May and then got pushed to early June, 
um, which leaves very little time to train, right? But there's a very, there's a reason why I was selected. And it's that when I applied back in 2019, I started training in 2019. Oh. So I don't huh. wait until an opportunity is here to start getting ready. It sounds like you have a pattern of doing that in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I already know it's what I want, if I already know it's where I'm going, then I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to start now. So mm -hmm. in 2015, I completely changed my lifestyle and my diet to have a healthier, just in general, overall lifestyle with the idea that this is what I wanted. And, you know, that you're going to have to go through the medical checks. You're going to have to go through the different physical yeah. tests. And so that was when I was still in college when I decided that. And then in 2019, when I applied, I started doing the physical training. So that would be like the high G training. I started doing um, hypoxia training, which is when they start removing the oxygen yeah. from, you know, the chamber you're in to try to determine what your what your reaction is going to be just in case there's ever a loss of pressure in your cabin you can sort of know how you're going to react yes, because yes, everyone yes. reacts differently um and so i started doing you know microgravity training all of that stuff i started in 2019 and so by the time this moment comes and we have so little time they're gonna choose somebody that already has everything so I, I recommend that if you want something, don't wait, just start doing it now. You know, why not? You're, you'll, you'll have more time. You'll be less under pressure and you'll be much more prepared when the moment finally comes. It's true. Very proactive approach mm -hmm. to it, which makes sense. Um, so to wrap up that journey, I guess, so you go, you launch, describe that a little bit. And then what was that full circle did you have a psychological shift, change of perspective? What do you think the impact on you was that now is spreading throughout your community and through the world? Yeah, so for me, the launch, I didn't know what it would be like because obviously it can be a very, not scary, but I mean, maybe scary for some people. For me, not necessarily scary, more so just, you know, like that feeling you get right before you're about to take a test and you're mm -hmm. sort of just like, ah, like, I just want to do it now. I just uh, want to yes, know yes, 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 I want to do yeah. it. <laughs> so that's sort of what it felt like for me. Um, but I didn't want to just, because I knew that we were going to be sitting in there before launch for possibly minimum 30 Wild. minutes, possibly hours in case something goes, you know, not wrong, but like anything gets delayed yeah. for whatever reason. Um, and so we ended up sitting there for about 34 minutes, I believe. And I remember just feeling so calm. I, it was like, as if I was just sitting in a car, just like looking out the window, that's sort of how it <laughs> felt, uh, which is good, you know, because when yeah. you've been wanting this your whole life, you don't want to be in that moment and just be like, all yeah. stressed out. <laughs> um, and then when we finally launched, it's, it's so it's so interesting to think about it now because all of that, it, everything happened so quickly and everything that you're seeing and feeling and thinking, it's just happened so, so fast. You're trying to take a look at something out the window, but then by the time your mind is able to sort of comprehend what you're seeing, you're already seeing something else and you're uh -huh. already feeling something else. And so you don't really have time to process anything at yeah. all. And then once you're finally out, I thought it would be sort of like a gradual, the sky starts to get darker and darker until it's black. Uh -huh. 
no (laughs) (laughs) you're in the sky like you're in the blueness that we know and then you sort of see what looks like a dark circle above you like as if it was a night sky just like a circle above you of darkness while the surrounding area it's still that blue that we know and then seconds later like you're just out wow i've never heard it described like that it is strange i did not that's just not what i i mean because when we look at movies like it yeah yeah like they depict it like that right like it gets darker darker yeah and it's it's over the span of 20 minutes in a movie yeah but no like it's just so immediate and it's so shocking um and then when you're able to finally look at the planet I think this is the just the coolest thing that I've been able to gather from this experience the fact that when I looked out the window I didn't just stare out the window at the planet I looked at it and then I immediately looked back because what I wanted to do was see the reactions of my crewmates and sort of just share that moment together which really I feel like it's a big message just about humanity in general that you could be having this huge super personal experience you've been wanting all your life and yet still at the end of the day what you want is is to share it with other people mm-hmm. so I I don't know I just I felt like that was looking back at that I feel like it really says a lot about just us you know I really do believe that everyone is is good in their heart just certain circumstances um happen to to certain people um but at the end of the day I really truly believe that most people do want the best for our society and I think that that's why this experience is so impactful because it shows you kind of just like a it just gives you like this punch of Mm. why why it matters why it matters that we try why it matters that we work so hard to try to make life better for everyone Mm -hmm. for me it wasn't like a light bulb moment or like flipping a switch of oh I'm different now I didn't really realize it um and I I guess partially it's because you know there's really not many people that you can talk to who've had this experience yeah and so you don't you you hear about it and you hear that it happens this this change and you yes, hear yes. that it, it's been recorded and data exists but you don't know what it'll be like it sort of is when you hear about it it sort of is explained as if it's like oh I'm looking at the planet and now I am a completely different person and I feel it and I you know that's not at least for me that's not the way it was I came back kind of like when it's your birthday right you're turning 21 and everyone's like do you feel 21 no No, I feel 50 yeah I feel the same way So it's kind of like that, but then you start to realize as the days and as the months go on that you are acting different, but you only realize it when you compare it to who you were before, because if you just don't even think about it, you really won't even know that you are because it's just, this is not who you are, right? Like you just go on and you make your choices and you think about things rationally but it wasn't until I started really sitting back and thinking about my choices now and my my confidence levels now and how bold I've been with the things that I've I've done and how truly, I mean, before this, when I had a big dream or big goal, you still sort of have that that bit of like, oh, well, am I going to be able to? It, it, it's I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know how it how I'm going to do it. 
And now I feel like that just doesn't even exist in my mind. And I don't know where it went. I think I left it in space. <laughs> because, <laughs> because when I think about what I want now, it's more of, oh, that's what I want. That's where, where I'm going next. I'm going to do that next. I'm going to do that next. And it's been like really huge things where, you know, I just don't even think in my mind, it doesn't exist anymore that what if it's just like, oh, once I get it, once I do it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like it. I feel like it's um, therapy for us too, Aaron. Yes. Space <laughs> <laughs> therapy. Yes, space therapy. Um, my last question for you, I guess, kind of is takes us now to today. Um, you've had, I mean, I don't know about you, but from watching externally from above, literally, um, there's so much going on in your life and so much is happening so fast. Um, As I mentioned, you were one of Glamour's Women of the Year. You were on the cover of Vogue Mexico. You're doing so many interviews. You're on TV. You're on YouTube. You are still doing science. Like, what does all of this mean to you? What do these honors mean to you? And like, what do you hope to do with this platform in the months, years, and kind of the lifetime coming forward as you kind of, you know, come into this shift that's happened and, you know, really look forward to these big things that you uh, not only want to do, but are already doing? I think, so for me, it's been a journey, right? Because I, I'm an engineer. I wanted to work on spacecraft. I wanted to send things to Mars. I wanted to go to space, but I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I never really asked for all of the attention that came with it. That was never in my vision when I was working towards these things. Yeah. You were like, I want to be a space celebrity. Yeah. 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 No, I That's not really what I was working towards, I guess. Yeah. Um, But it sort of just happened very organically and very naturally. And what it made me realize is that there's a very big need for particularly women of color in these sort of positions. And what it's allowed me to see is that there are so many women, so many girls, and so many people in general that have felt for so long that these spaces are not for them. And I've realized that my life is no longer just my own. It's also theirs in a way, because the things that I do and and the choices that I make now, they're directly impacting like thousands of people yeah. Because they're seeing that and they're feeling for the first time that this is something that they can also do. So when I think about it that way, it, it's a really big responsibility because I now have <laughs> to, heavy. yeah, I now understand that I have people watching me because they want to do this too. And that also means that those opportunities for so long have not been available And it was kind of difficult when Mm -hmm. I came back for me because there were so many people that had been so inspired. I mean, this past Halloween, I had so many young girls dressing up as me and they were even recreating the mission patch and they were recreating the Vogue cover. And it was just so incredible to see that. But then also it was hard because I was thinking, well, as incredible as that is, I also know that those opportunities are not as open for all of these people that want it to do it and that was hard it was really hard for me to 
be talking to kids and be like, work really hard, study really hard, and you can do it too. When in my head, it's like, well, can they? Like, can all of them? Yeah. Realistically, based on the way that things are right now, can they actually, especially people from Latin America who don't have a space program the way NASA does, the way the uh, European Space Agency does, the way Canada does, you know, they're not currently sending anybody to space through their program. So can they? And that was hard. So I decided, okay, well, and this is part of what I was talking about, how I just, now I'm just like, all right, then I'll do it. (laughs) Right. Which before never would have crossed my mind to think that I could create entire, you know, uh, infrastructure in a, in a country, but I, I genuinely feel like I can. And so I decided that for 2023, I'm going to be focusing on creating those opportunities that don't exist in particularly Latin America. So I'm currently in the process of starting a foundation that will be focused on uh, just all things space across different levels, first in Mexico, then we'll spread throughout Latin America. Um, The idea here is to support talented individuals who want to enter the space industry, um, maybe create some sort of network to have them join uh, internships in different space companies with separate, more specialized space training that is not currently available in Mexico through the universities because you know, they they don't really have the industry. And so the schools aren't necessarily yeah. teaching them for it because there's really no need. And so it's sort of just creating this cycle of it's not happening because it's yes. not available and it's not available because, you know, so it'll be a whole process of trying to implement different, um, more specialized education in universities across the country, um, trying to implement different internship programs so that they can join the emerging space uh, space industry that is starting within Mexico right now, uh, providing counseling, providing consulting to different companies that want to get more involved in the space industry at a different level and providing grants for any research and um, technology development that is currently being done at the various universities, either by student groups or by actual professors, scientists, engineers, um, so that they can continue with the development for their space technology. So that is currently the idea for 2023. My God, see, so proactive. (laughs) Our last question for you was what was coming up in 2023. So you proactively already guessed it. So our very final question, we are a cocktail hour themed podcast. So we have two versions of this question for you. One, do you have a favorite cocktail or non-alcoholic beverage of choice? And number two, is there a drink that you really, really wanted or craved when you returned from your space journey? Okay. So for the first one, my favorite, um, like a good Mexican, (laughs) (laughs) It is called a paloma. Have you ever heard of it? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yes, we love so paloma. it's like tequila with squirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is so good and it is so easy. So yes. uh-huh. that is my favorite. Um, and then when I came back, so I'll tell you that I actually was feeling, you know, you go through the G's. It's 2.5 G's up and then microgravity. <laughs> Just a little That's bit. insane. Well, coming back, it's five. Or wow. Anywhere from five yeah. to 5.5. 
And then after that, the parachutes come out and you're like, okay, whew, I'm good, right? No, because now the parachutes are out and the capsule is like swinging. Like, swinging. Oh, oh, we have a fear of flying. <laughs> so we've gone planes and we throw <laughs> yeah. up. No, your stomach is just going through it. Um, and I remember I came back and they handed me a glass of champagne and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> So I just really wanted like some water and just like <laughs> some Alka-Seltzer or something. Yeah. <laughs> like a ginger ale, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Champagne. That's a drink. Even if I was at a wedding and like sober and had a full meal, I would just toss it back over my shoulder. <laughs> I'm back in space. Oh my God. I was like, cheers. What I'm <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it. Well, tell everyone where they can follow you on social media. Um, and how they can stay in touch with you and hear more about what you're doing um, through the foundation and all of your work. Absolutely. So you can follow me on all platforms at Cat Voltage. That is K-A-T-V-O-L-T-A-G-E. And then if you're looking for any content in Spanish, I actually do have a Spanish TikTok account, which is completely in Spanish. And that one is catvoltage.mx. Awesome. Katya, thank you thank very you. much for sharing your story. We will definitely check back in with you in 2023 and um, find yes. out where you are next and then where you're going beyond that. Thanks for listening to Sip With Me with Ioana and Aaron. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, sipwithme.org. There you can find our themed cocktail book as well as other exciting Sip With Me content. And if you love our podcast, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow our podcasting adventures on Instagram at sipwithme underscore. 